Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 59 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we inspire, motivate, and educate business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Marquesa Tucker of The Alternative. Marquesa talks about her journey to becoming a mover and shaker in the community. She talks about how to be comfortable being uncomfortable and finding her purpose. We talk through how to operate within your purpose. We also chat about her keys to success and Marquesa walks us through what it takes to organize a community music event. All right, let's dig in. All right, Marquesa, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. So first of all, let me say thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me. I'm excited to learn more about you and what it is that you do. Um, I I really appreciate what you do, but I want to uh, give the audience a little bit of insight in terms of what the alternative is and what you guys do for the community. Uh, but I think it's important to get to know the person behind the business. So um, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. And when I say that, I mean, feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born. Tell us about yourself. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really appreciative of the space that you have created for me to share about myself and the alternative and the things that I'm connected to here in the community. So um, born and raised here in Milwaukee. Um, I come from um, the suburbs of Milwaukee, like right out the outskirts of Brown Deer. I grew up. I have two brothers. I'm the only girl in my family, but I come from a really huge family of cousins. So, you know, um, anything like that in our black families, we treat our cousins like brothers and sisters. So I got a ton of those. I went to Rufus King, graduated from there, followed my brother to Grambling State University. Um, also born and raised in church as well. My mother created that foundation for myself and my siblings, which has um, kept me grounded and kept me when I wasn't um, in my right mind. Went to Grambling, um, had the time of my uh, life before Christ. So if anybody knows anything about college and the things that happened there, um, you know, I experienced college life to the absolute fullest. But when I came back, didn't want to be lukewarm. And even while I was in college, it was pretty amazing. My mom, when she brought me down, she helped me find a church home. So, you know, those days when I didn't party too hard on Saturday night and I had to strengthen us, I would get up and go to church some nights. So I always stay connected. And I know it was nothing but my mom's prayers that kept me at certain times while I was in school and allowed me to get through there. I graduated cum laude, came back with a degree in mass communications. I wanted to actually be a sports reporter 
So I thought, but God had different plans. I came back to Milwaukee. Like I said, decided I didn't want to live a lukewarm Christian life. So a couple years after graduation, um, I rededicated my life back to God. I ended up getting married, had a nine-year-old. I'm now divorced, doing some excellent co-parenting with her dad. God has kept me and carried me through that. But I'll talk a little bit about my work career. So I started off, um, the only reason why I came back to Milwaukee is because I had a job um, at Northwestern Mutual. I was working there between summer and fall and spring and Christmas break when I was in college. I worked there in the life benefits department. And so when I was getting ready to graduate, I didn't have a job in TV. And the guy was like, oh, you know, if you come back, I'll give you a job, no problem. And so I did that, and I got caught back into Milwaukee. Happy as I, can, I did, hindsight. I can't say I was so excited that I, before I really got to know what my purpose was here in Milwaukee. So I worked there for a while. Then I ended up getting into TV. I worked part-time at Channel 12 as an assignment desk editor on the weekend. That was my break, big break into TV. I listened to scanners, dispatch reporters, and photographers out on news stories. The assignment desk is like the nucleus of the newsroom. It's where the news is pretty much produced. We are in close connection with producers, the folks that, you know, put the newscast together. So that was an amazing experience to work there. Then I went full-time at CBS 58, and then Channel 12 called me while I was working at 58 and said, I actually want you to come back here. Went back there, worked full-time, and I did that for about four years. Tried my best to put together like a, a tape to send out to be a reporter, and it just never really flowed. Uh, it wasn't sticking. It Although I wanted to do it, it just never really clicked for me. And so I decided I wanted to try something in management. So I left TV altogether and went and managed one daycare. And soon under the owner, we um, she opened another daycare. So I was helping to lead and direct two daycares on Milwaukee's Northwest Side. Did that for another four years and got to know that there was something inside me that really, really loved people. While there... Um, is when I really began to think about, I think it was while I was working at the daycare, I really started to think about this idea, the alternative. I love arts. I started to know that I really loved people. And um, I myself would go out, and I'm, I'm not a really big writer when it comes to spoken word and poetry, but I do have a piece, a couple pieces, and one particularly called Spiritual Warfare. And I did that once in a bar. And I thought, you know, how many other Christians, you know, actually are interested in sharing their gifts in the arts but wouldn't be comfortable doing so in a bar? And so, like I said, I think it was while I was at the daycare, he began to just download things about, you know, how I could create that space. He downloaded the name. He downloaded the logo. He downloaded, just began giving me all types of things. And I didn't quite, I was a little scared on how I would go out and do it. And finally, when I did, um, I ended up starting some open mics at a place called Holy Grounds Cafe. It actually used to be a bar called Junior's. <laughs> and I used to attend there when I was younger. And a church actually bought it and gutted it and made it this really dope cafe. And um, they allowed us to use the space for free. They would volunteer on Friday nights and serve us, you know, and cookies and donuts and things like that, drinks. And so we would, I would go there um, and create a space where people could just come and share those spoken word, Christian rap, um, musical instruments, singing, kids. We had um, live, um, live paintings. And so we created that space, and I knew then that there was like a hunger for it. And so people were coming, and people were excited, and we were doing it, I think, once a month or once every other month. And it was pretty amazing. I never knew there were so many Christian rap artists in Milwaukee. Like, that's when I was 
really introduced to it. So that was a pretty amazing journey. And we did that for, we started in December 2011. And we did that for about mm, December and then 2017. So mm, I think about 2014, 2013 or so is when they said, up, oh, you guys are like, you know, overgrown in the capacity and, you know, it's been great. So this is a mobile ministry. We don't have a building. So what the alternative ended up kind of growing into was this mobile ministry that would go from community and place to place and bring a whole entire set to events. So we've gone to Chicago and we've done a set. We've done some at Waukesha. We've done some at, let's see here, um, St. Francis. And then just actually last year, God even shifted me a different direction and said, now I want you to take this into your community. I need you to take this into the community of Milwaukee and engage people at events that are already together. I just want you to go and insert the alternative into those events. So we did Bronzeville. We've done um, partnering with Heal the Hood and All People's Church. And that has been another amazing thing. But along that same journey in April 2014, my heart was moved and shifted when Dontre Hamilton, um, a black man here in Milwaukee, was shot and killed by a former police officer. Um, I sat at home and watched um, the family and, you know, supporters go out and they started pouring on the streets after this happened. Like, I had never um, encountered anything like that here in Milwaukee. So my heart was really moved towards that family. And so I didn't know anything about social justice, anything or, you know, what happens in those circles and arenas. But I saw the people would just show up in a park where he was killed and just seeing the hurt and the anguish on his family's face. And so I decided to start going and showing up like by myself um, and just being in the space and just you know, make space to tell them, hey, you know, I saw you and I feel for you and I'm praying for you and I, I want to be able to help. And so just coming and showing up in these spaces um, after being in the spaces for so long, they decided me, the, the family started an organization called the Coalition for Justice, and they asked me to be a part of their core team. And so I started helping them plan and fight and um, bring and raise awareness to different things going on in the community around police brutality and social justice work. And so that was another shift that happened in my life. And I didn't think that the alternative could be completely separate from it. And so I began to develop a leg of the community engagement piece in the alternative where we, like I said, actually take these sets into the community and we raise awareness as well around the justice that God wants for all of his people. So those things began to, began to intertwine. And then in 2014, I started working for an organization called Wisconsin Voices. We do, we're a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization, it's a very small organization here in Milwaukee that helps people stay civically engaged all year round. We make sure that people don't have disadvantages to voting. We want everyone to be a part of the democracy and democratic process. So we make sure that people have information on how to vote, where to vote, and that there aren't laws and policies in place that shift people from not being able to do that. So that has been also an amazing journey. And so God showed me that, you know, your your purpose, you thought it was mass communication. You may have wanted to do something in TV, but that wasn't it. And I have been completely amazed at the direction that he's taken me. And I've only been doing the activism work for about three years, but people would see me and they approach me. They're like, oh my goodness, I feel like you, you're so knowledgeable. You've been doing this forever. And it's only by God's grace that I've been able to carry these visions and these gifts that God has been able to give me and the skills to maneuver and work 
through this kind of work and also leading another community organization called You Black, which is uplifting Black liberation and community, working with people also in the community, all sorts of people. It's not just an organization for Black people, but our focus is that because of all the disparities that go on in our Black community. So it's just been an amazing journey. God has really been good. He has been so faithful and so gracious and um, has literally upheld me along with the people he has alongside of me, kind of like Moses, you know, my arms get tired, he sends someone and they keep my arms lifted. The work is um, definitely heavy, but it's been amazing. And one more thing, um, it's been amazing as well, even while I was attending my church that I've been attending since about 04, Parkland Assembly of God, God began to, well, I began to question like, you know, God, this is my church that I'm attending. You know, I don't really see them engaged in the community. Like, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? And he said, you just continue to be a light. If you get up and leave, you know, how will people know what to follow and what to do and how to connect if you take yourself out of that space? So slowly but surely, God answered that prayer and my church was activated into the community um, just last year. I mean, prior to that, they were starting to do some things. And I know They've always been engaged in the community, but I just thought that they could have done more, and that was just my opinion. And so we were engaged and activated into the community when uh, another man, Seville Smith, was shot and killed not too far from our church. And we have been going all in, you know, finding ways to continue to build that that work and connection with the people. So it's been an amazing, unpredictable, God-sent journey for me, and I'm just looking forward to more of the things that he has for me. What I want to do, Marquesa, is I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. But when we get back, I want to kind of tie in. I, I wrote down, I'm taking notes over here. I wrote down some insights and some keys, I think, that'll help tie in um, your experience so far into business ownership and entrepreneurship. Uh, but I, I really want to, um, I, when we get back, talk a little bit about a little bit about you and then we'll dig in with the some of the insights and tie that back into entrepreneurship. We'll be back right after this. Feeling stuck or overwhelmed in your business? Having trouble putting ideas into action? Not getting the results you want? Your business is in need of a coach, an experienced professional that motivates, provides honest feedback, and helps develop an action plan for your success. Did you know that 50% of businesses fail within the first five years? This doesn't have to be your business. You can now get all the help you need to succeed. Just visit Enterprise Now at enterprise-now.biz. Enterprise Now is a business development firm that specializes in providing business training, seminars, online training courses, and business coaching for business owners and entrepreneurs. That's enterprise-now.biz. Why wait? Take your business to the next level. We'll take your vision and your goals and deliver accountability motivation, and an action plan so you and your business will succeed. Don't become a statistic. Visit us at enterprise-now.biz. Increase profits, grow your business, and improve your business skills today. Enterprise-now.biz. All right, we are back on the Enterprise Now podcast. We are talking with Marquesa Tucker and uh, Marquesa just really shared a ton about her background and all the many things that she has going on, both um, in her professional and um, in her professional life and in the community in terms of engagement. But what I want to do, uh, Marquesa, is I want to get to know get to know you a little bit better. So um, what's um, what's your favorite thing to do? Oh, my goodness gracious. To be totally honest, it's to laugh. <laughs> to laugh. It takes such a load off and it's so 
it's just like a complete joy. It, it allows you to forget the things that are going on, the heavy things. It allows you to connect with people, with children, adults, black, white, like everything. Funny stuff to me takes me to a whole nother place. So, so if you had to pick one superpower of yours, what what would that be? What's your superpower? Organizing and connecting, if I can do the two. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So... What's your mindset? How do you overcome challenges? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, it takes a lot of prayer, of course. Um, it takes a lot of um, taking time to really, I, do, I call it dumping my brain because I have so many different hats that I wear, so many different boxes that I um, keep open. A lot of times I just have to pause and dump out what's in my brain, the thoughts, the ideas, everything, and really kind of sort through things and see it on paper and then also go and find people that I know that could help walk me through those things, some wiser people or some people who have a little bit more experience in it or just some people who can add some significant thought through things because I know as a leader, I have to be in a position where people are going to end up coming to me. So I've got to know what I'm talking about. i got to be on point. So I have to make sure I'm really well put together when I go back out and try to defeat whatever it is that um, could be possibly challenging me. So one of the things that we talk about um, on the show a lot is mindsets uh, because successful people do things a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. There's a mindset and and an approach. And that's why I always like to ask, how do you overcome challenges? Things like uh, what's your, what's your mindset? How do you approach things? Because I I believe that no matter what it is that you do, if you're an athlete, if you're a community organizer, if you're a a person who's working in corporate America, your approach and your mindset to things is going to be the difference between being successful and not being successful. So what are some of your keys to success? Absolutely. So you have to be organized. Like you have to be, have to be, have to be organized. Because, it's because I have um, a lot of things that I lead, I have different notebooks. So I found that to be extremely helpful. Um, and so I make to-do lists in all of my notebooks of all the things that I have to handle and take care of, whether it's personal and things to do with my home life, whether it is to do with the alternative and event planning, whether it is to do with community engagement and meetings within the community, I keep everything written down and I keep an ongoing to-do list and I'm crossing things out and I'm looking to see what I keep, you know, putting on the to-do list for tomorrow and what I'm procrastinating on and why I'm procrastinating on it, figure that out make it happen. You know, I have, like, if I don't see myself crossing things off these lists, like, I'm not going to be able to function properly. That means that I'm something, there's a reason why I'm not doing it, or there's some space that I'm not creating to make it happen. But then also as well, balancing that out with self-care and, you know, family time and time to just breathe and be away. So that's also very key and important. And then also having support. Like, I'm not able to do any of these things without um, my daughter's father, without um, my parents supporting me, friends supporting me, my church supporting me. So an awesome support group as well. And then also just, of course, keeping God first and consulting him on all the things that, you know, you think you should put your hands to because everything that you think you may want to put your hands to, and, you know, there's a lot of needs here in our community and I can really get distracted, you know, so, so being focused on, um, you know, what it is that God has assigned you to do, whether it be that particular day or, you know, three weeks or six months and staying focused on those tasks and completing those to the best of your ability, along with the support that you have, and then moving forward to other things, but not having way too many boxes open. Um, I'm a good multitasker, so I, I, I can at times have a lot of boxes open, but then sometimes it's time to reel that in 
can really focus on um, task at a time to make sure that they are successful and effective. A lot of times I, I find myself doing that as well. I have a vision board here um, at, at my house and sometimes my vision board, I, I, I think I need to get another one. And but it's just because as an entrepreneur it's just the way I'm wired. It's like mm-hmm. there's always something that I could mm-hmm. be doing. And so, like you said, every so often I have to center have to say, okay, mm-hmm. what's the priority? What's most important? And it's going to allow me to, to maintain that balance, mm-hmm. right? Because keeping things that should be first, first, um, and just making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of what needs to be taken care of, um, and, 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 and focusing. So one of the things that I heard when we were talking earlier about your, um, your background and how you got to where you are is I heard you have a knack for, tapping into and understanding what your purpose is using that to find your path and digging into your passion and not being uncomfortable being uncomfortable just a journey within itself to to find my purpose it wasn't something that i was necessarily looking for now definitely when i left tv and went to daycare i'm just like "Mm, what in the world does it have to do with anything and it was a very tough time working at the daycare as well, you know, just with just being new work. Daycare can be um, a stressful job. You know, you're dealing with people and family and busy kids. And I had a ton of responsibility, but it prepared me for the place that I'm in. So I know it was very strategic how God placed me there to help run the day-to-day operations of that daycare. But like I said, in that space, even through some of the stress there at times, I was able to see that there was something about people that I really genuinely connected with. Although these are people, the the group um, of people that we serviced at the daycare were not the people that I was necessarily able to grow up around. Um, It really opened my eyes to how some of the people and disparities in the cities really affected people in my own city that I, like I said, I just didn't get to engage with as a child. I was very sheltered. And so I knew, you know, that it really just burdened my heart. And so, you know, what they say, what you really, what really ticks you off, what really makes you mad, you know, that may be an indication of where your passion lies. So when I ended up leaving the daycare, I went, when I went to work for Wisconsin Voices, Wisconsin Voices is a convener of other organizations, mainly like community-based nonprofits. And I thought that once I got there, that I would be able to find maybe an organization that I could line up my ideas, thoughts, and values with and maybe click with someone, you know, so it's kind of like a test run, like, hmm, you know, what organization will I run into? And it wasn't really an organization through my job. It ended up being, like I said, Dontre Hamilton's untimely death that really sparked the desire to really get my feet wet into what it looked like to help support, engage, and fight for God's people. And so that is what happened. It just kind of organically happened. But again, I, I really was intentional about taking time to feel out what I felt and then kind of honing that in as I went to my next job, like figuring out, okay, oh, I can place myself here, which will possibly allow me an opportunity to connect with other people that could really bring me around to what it is I want to do. So it kind of just all happened. But like I said, I was very, very mindful of the things that I loved and the things that I didn't like and then what I thought maybe I had some power to help to change. Gotcha. I think that there's something to be said about 
being prepared for the journey, right? You were mentioning how mm-hmm. uh, working at the daycare, you got an opportunity to realize and really tap into your love for people and that type of thing. And one, one of the analogies that I use for, uh, for entrepreneurs is, uh, and, and I get this question all the time was, you know, how do you know when to, to jump oh out there goodness. and to launch that business or to start that new thing, right? Um, and, uh, the analogy I use is like, it's like baking a cake, right? You have to have, First, you have to know that you want to bake a cake, right? And then you have to have, um, you know, the, the resources or the funds to go to the store to get the ingredients. Then you come, you get the ingredients, you put them all in the bowl, you put the cake in the oven and you have to have it at the right temperature. And then the most important thing is you, you, you have to bake it. But if you take it out too early, then it's gush, all gooey inside and it doesn't taste right. But if you leave it in too long, then it's, it's not, it's not tasty. So how do you know when to jump? Oh my goodness walk you're talking about because that's what you're talking about I mean for a while I sat on the alternative even like I remember sitting at my friend's kitchen table and I just was sketching out the logo and they were just like you know because I mean eventually what I want the alternative to be and what it's going to be what God the vision that God has given me like this is going to be like bigger than Dave and Buster's like the alternative is going to be a space where community can come and engage, but then also the entire family can have a place of engagement, whether it be um, an adult like cafe on one side, a kid's play area on one side, a lounge for people to come and hang out at because Christians don't have a lot of places to just go hang out, a clean atmosphere. I began to just share this vision with some of my friends, and they were just like, whoa, my case is big. And they're like, you know, how can you, you know, how can you start? And I'm just like, I don't know. And working at the daycare, um, Chandra Cooper, who was the owner of the daycare, uh, was connected to Valerie Daniels, who owned the haagen on Bradley and Brown, was it Bradley and Sherman? And that's actually where I had my very first set. So that was my first set. And we packed that place out. And it was just, she kept she kept encouraging me, like, okay, so you should just do it. Like, oh, I got a space, you know. So I had that support, right? I told people about my dream. And I had people around me to help kind of push me into that, to keep encouraging me. Like, you put it out there now, so we're not just going to let it just die and rest. So those people believed in me. And they also knew that there was a need for the dream and vision that God gave me. So definitely writing the vision down and making a plan, because I did that. Praying about it, being open to listening to God as he downloads stuff, and not being afraid of those big visions that he gives. And then sharing that with people that you know are for you, and definitely not against you, because some people like to, you know, say, well, I still told my idea to blah, blah, and they went and stole it. So, you know, you definitely have to be to discern who you should share those gifts with as well and those visions. And then just, you know, like I said, connecting myself to the right people and just like you said, the resources to be able to even have this event somewhere you know, and bring people together. So I had to be connected in order to get the resources to even start something like that and have a band there and have another host there and, you know, have this at a place where, you know, they're running business. And so it was all of those things that really helped me step out. Talk to us a little bit about the actual sets. What what goes into putting that on? One of the things that I find is always a, a funny answer um, is when I ask uh, you know entrepreneurs or business owners, "What is a day in the life like?" Oh my goodness gracious! So what what is in an event? What it, what is that like? Take us through what that's like. It's a lot of prep work. It's a lot of prep work. You have to have so much capacity to do it, and it is like I said, it's such a balance that God has been able to give me to do that and work full time. I just had a set actually, and I can walk you through that. I said in Sherman Park, that was my first time doing something in a county park, and that was big for me. 
So, um, first of all, I always tell people, secure a date. That's the first thing you need to do, get a date and a location in Las Vegas. And I feel like once you get that, then you can build on that because you can tell people all day that you want to have an event, but you, people can't save the date. People don't know where it is you're doing it. You can't prepare for what kind of space you want. So that's always what I do. I try to secure a date and a location. Okay, so the, is the location going to cost me? Usually I try to find places that are going to be free. But for instance, the one that I just did at Sherman Park, I told them the date. Um, they gave me an application. I had to fill that out. They told me how much it was going to cost. So I prepared sponsorship letters to different organizations to help me offset those costs of the permit and the other prices. So doing that paperwork and back and forth with the county and getting things finalized and, and finding out, you know, measurements for tents. And then I also um, have been blessed to work with um, an organization called the Captive Project. And they do kind of like open mics. Um, they have pulled back a little bit from those um, because they do a lot of discipleship as well. But they saw the value in the alternative and they partner with me. And so they were also able to help me. So partnering with people is really, really big, especially when you're going to throw um, some big events. So they were able to bring in the band, but I had to go and sit down and have a meeting with them. Here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. And make sure that our vision's lined up when you're partnering with people as well and collaborating. That's also very important. So to sit down and talk about our vision, the idea for a collaborative event that I helped lead was very important. Found out what they were able to give and help within the space and then going to find, again, resources and connections to fill the gaps in other places. Being connected to people is really important. So I was able to contact other organizers and find out, hey, you know, can you table at this event or can you bring a volunteer? So I got one church, contacted a pastor and said, hey, you know, would you guys be interested? Oh, absolutely. What can I help you with? Great. I need volunteers for X, Y, and Z. So then he sends me to a point person, email, contact that person, sends me to another person for something else. I contact another organization. They had all of the kid activities. And so delegating is also very important. You know, you can't do this kind of work by yourself. So delegating people to be over certain things and making sure that you're following up with people, deadlines, getting things in on time, you know, being an integral person through the process. If you said you're going to do this, make sure you do it. If you said you're going to follow up, make sure you follow up. Um, so going through that entire process, like I said, writing these sponsorship letters and following up with people. I actually have a fiscal agent called Arts Wisconsin. I am not, I don't have my own 501c3, but I go through an organization that does, that houses arts-based organizations, and they're up in Madison, making sure people are connected to my fiscal agent to get the money to them and then um, contact them to make sure the money gets back to me, you know, and just making sure the paperwork as far as like IRS and, you know, when money comes in, making sure that money is being funneled correctly. I've got like spreadsheets of stuff, like who's contacting artists, who's going to be at this event, contacting them, giving them time slots, following up with them, finding out, are you bringing CDs or are you bringing a band? Are you doing a plug-in? What are you doing? Making sure I'm getting that information to my DJ. You know, it's a lot of prep work. It's a lot of prep work, a lot of following up email. You know, some people don't email you back. They don't text you back. You got to follow back up with them constantly and consistently. And um, by God's grace, everyone showed up that day except for maybe one artist. And I probably had over 20 artists. Um, the event was absolutely amazing. We had free food. We had probably seven or eight vendors and organizations that came out to the table at the event. We had an amazing group called Zip MKE. They take pictures of people all over the city in Milwaukee. They came to display clotheslines of images of positive things that are happening in Milwaukee and the beautiful faces that represent Milwaukee. And people thought that was amazing. That was their first time doing something like that. We also had another young man. Um, his group is called Art Saves Lives. He 
through this beautiful mural of a girl praying on the sidewalk at Sherman. So it ended up being an absolutely amazing um, event. Um, the, the music was so loud, people could hear it in the parking lot. So, you know, seeds were planted, people heard the great things going on. And so that was super exciting. So it exerts a lot, a lot of energy, but you connect with so many things and so many people and it ended up being an amazing event. Awesome. Awesome. This sounds like a lot of work. It is. That's why one day this is going to be my full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I'd like to know um, if, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? Oh, my goodness gracious. I've never thought of anything like that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Maybe someone like Oprah, because she's built such an amazing empire. Like, Oprah has come from little to nothing to, like, this. And I'm not a person who wants to be, like, on a pedestal or know a bunch of people or to be famous or celebrities. It's like, I don't want that. But she has built an amazing empire, you know, and she's a black woman. And she's definitely put herself in that place where she's got a magazine. She's got the TV show. She's got a TV network. So what would I say to her? Um, I, I'm not certain about her relationship with God, but um, I know that he has definitely blessed her. I would love to just nap her brain and just hear, you know, how she went about building the empire that she's built. So I've asked a couple of people this question mm -hmm. and I don't know. I don't remember which episode it was. I, I just did a, a four episode series about enterprise now, who we are, what we do, mm -hmm. where we're going, all that good stuff. And I, one of the episodes, I think it was episode uh, two two of four or three of four. And I basically, it was, it was kind of awkward, but it, it worked, I guess. And I basically interviewed myself and I asked myself that question and you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe who I said. Did you also say Oprah? I also said Oprah. And why did you say that? I said the re the reason what I would say to her is I would say, thank you. Mm -hmm. I would thank her for being her. And I, I think especially as as entrepreneurs, business owners and ambitious, visionary people in general um, have a tendency to not realize the the influence and reach that they have just being who they are going about their days, just doing the things that they would normally do. Um, people watch you, people see you and people are impacted and uh, and inspired and motivated by you just being you. So that's what I would say to her is just thank you for being you. Thank you for for following your passion and your purpose and living your life to your to its maximum capacity because you just doing that is allowing other people to do the same thing. Awesome. So unfortunately uh Marquesa it's time to say goodbye, but I wanted to um, to part with a couple of questions. If you could give the enterprisers is what we call our listeners a, an actionable step to improve our lives or businesses today, what would it be? Oh my goodness gracious. Please find your purpose, tap into it. Like God has given us all these gifts, these visions and these plans and these ideas, not for us to incubate them. Like we are put on this earth to help and serve one another. So don't don't sit on your gift too long. Don't sit on that vision too long. There is someone, some many ones of people that are waiting for you to birth that vision. Like people are waiting on it and you may not think so, but they are. God doesn't give us a vision to sit on it. So go for it. 
find those people to support you, encourage you, and uplift you, and then tap into those resources and those networks and go for it. If I could paraphrase what Marquesa is saying, she's saying, enterprise now, do it now, don't wait, start, start today. The last thing is um, I wanted to give you an opportunity um, if there's someone listening who wants to donate, who wants to support, who wants to volunteer at the next event. Um, maybe it's a, a a person in the arts who wants to perform or sing at the next event. Uh, how can how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. So they can email me at t h e the number one a l t e r n a t i v e at gmail dot com, and I can get you information on our next events. I can put you on the email list, and I can connect you with Arts of Wisconsin that actually takes uh, the alternative donations because we are definitely in need. We are doing community engagement events and we want to be able to pour out and give our uh, community the resources that they need to do the things that they actually have coming up. Thanks again, Marquesa. And to the enterprisers, you guys, if you have questions, if you want to reach out, of course, you can reach out to Marquesa directly. But if you're shy and you don't want to do that, you can always reach out to us and we'll get um, your message to her. But um, but visit the website. Listen to all of our wonderful uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, because they are wonderful um, inspired, motivated people, and you can learn so much from their stories, how they got to where they are, how they approach challenges and their superpowers. So thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance operations? Shoot me an email mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.